Geek Counter Geek is up next. But first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Espresso. French press. Mocha. Frappuccinos. None of these will be discussed, but all will be used on Caffeinated Comics. It's a weekly podcast about comics, movies, TV, and collectibles, hosted by a former comic book store owner and an ex-comedian. What a resume. Sometimes there's special guests. Sometimes it's just us reporting the latest geek news and arguing, like why I love cable. And why you're wrong about that. So join us each week on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network for superpowers and caffeine. Remember when you made those cappuccinos? Yeah, that whole day's a whole blur. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Let's get started. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. This is Geek Counter Geek. Geeks! With Misty Callahan and Keith Conrad. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Misty, it seems like Disney is on a mission. To read you everything? Yes. And, and All of the things. So they announced that they're going to do a, a live-action CGI remake of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that came out in the 70s. So not, okay. the, not the Kevin Costner version, but the animated mm-hmm. one with the fox. Okay. So they're going to do Robin Hood with the fox again, except it's going to be a real fox. Hopefully wearing the costume. Because that's one thing they haven't done yet. They haven't done like animals wearing people clothes. So mm-hmm. that would be, that would be different. You, you don't seem uh, you don't seem excited about this. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I think like here's the thing. Like many people, okay. So they did that with the Lion King, and listen, yeah. I'm not trying to knock the Lion King, even though the movie, by all accounts, was still very good because you can't really mess up the Lion King. Well, it was a shot for shot remake, except yeah. with. Different voice actors other than James Earl Jones, because you're not going to do better than James Earl Jones. No, you can't do better than him. But by all accounts, the complaint that I heard over and over again from people was that the live action, quote unquote, CGI animals looked soulless and dead in the eyes. They had had black eyes, like doll's eyes. Like doll's, yeah. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of, like, Disney remaking everything. Listen, I get it, cash grab. Cash grab Disney, okay? Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, if people didn't go to see these movies and they'd stop making them, but people still go to see these movies, so clearly it's going to continue on and on until the end of time. I'm I'm just I'm just over it at this point because then we had the uh, the remake of the live action Aladdin, we had the live action Lady and the Tramp, blah blah blah. I'm kind of over it at this point. Like, get a new idea. Yeah, The Lion King made 1.6 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you, you can't fault Disney for yeah continuing to They're make like, more. They're like, ooh, cash grab, you know, and. And they're going to come out with a live action uh, uh, Little Mermaid 2, which, you know, again, I, I personally don't just out of the fact that it's like I'm tired of like these animated movies being a remake. But at the same time, um, they're going to have like an African-American girl star as Ariel, which I think will be kind of nice in, in, in that regard, because it'll oh, be kind of because at least they're disagreed. trying to. Yeah, Twitter might have disagreed, but I think it's interesting in the fact that at least they're trying to do a somewhat you know, shake things up a little bit. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I was very, very amused by all the people who were upset about uh, Ariel because I'm like, 
Dude, it's a fish girl. Yeah, she can be basically yeah. anything. She can be anything you want. <laughs> she can be because they don't exist. It's just an imaginary character. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, at least in that regard, they're trying to shake it up a little bit and try to do a new take on it. But if it's going to be a shot for shot, you know, almost uh, of the Robin Hood with the CGI fox, I'm uh, I'm done. I'm just. I, hey, I'm excited out. to see the, the CGI fox with the dead eyes wearing the people clothes. Okay, if they wear people clothes, fine. But still, I I just wish that they would just start coming up with like new ideas. I mean, that's the thing Disney was built their entire empire off of. They would take like these old stories, these old f- fairy tale stories, and make classics there are so many fairy tales and you don't even have to go to the european fairy tales there are african fairy tales there are you know indian fairy tales from india there are chinese fairy tales and stuff like that you can do so much and do anything what are you doing disney you can get a new idea (laughs) i mean it's not hard it is not hard Uh, apparently it is especially with this day and age where everybody's talking about let's get some diversity it doesn't always have to be whitey mcwhiterson you know you can i mean was it anansi the spider that's like a huge well-known african fairy tale oh and you could do that pretty good in the cgi you can do that in cgi yeah i I just i'm just get a new idea (laughs) i'm tired of it anyway that's my story i'm done now uh, speaking of things we're tired of. <laughs> All right. Are you tired of this your old headphones? A, no, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this was a big week for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you had the anniversary of the mm-hmm. Titanic disaster, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm, I'm big on and have been all my life. And the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13. And your birthday. And, and my birthday, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. First, you got to feel bad for, for Captain Jim Lovell from Apollo 13 because, mm-hmm. you know, first there's this explosion in, in the middle of space, so he doesn't get to walk on the moon. Mm-hmm. And then 50 years later, they're going to do like this big, you know, huge celebration of the 50th anniversary, and then everybody's stuck inside because of the coronavirus. So he misses yeah. out on that, too. Poor guy. Poor guy. But anyway, uh, you know, here I am. I'm trying to, you know, watch a couple movies and, you know, documentaries about about both subjects. Mm-hmm. I, it would not have been physically possible for you to care any less. <laughs> well, for me, I'm just kind of like, you know, listen, listen, listen. In my defense, I am in a, in a home with you. We do live together. And so I'm surrounded by Titanic and space stuff all the time. So I'm just so like, it really didn't seem like a different week. Exactly, for you. it wasn't any different for me. It was like, ooh, Titanic. Like we'll see a new Titanic documentary on, you'd be like, ooh, Titanic, and so you know, on we go. <laughs> so it wasn't like, ooh, it's like this anniversary. It's like, ooh, it's another day for me at the homestead. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> One thing you'll love is uh, getting (laughs) headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. Yes, because if you're tired of your old, nasty, dingy, dinky headphones, you know what? Headphones from Tweaked Audio 
they are they got you covered they have eight colors and styles that are available mic'd and non-mic versions they're designed to sound great for music and talk they have a noise reducing design like you know if you hear me snoring in the background when you're playing apollo 13 movies or what have you you know it will reduce my snoring um okay good (laughs) and they have a lifetime warranty so go to www tweakedaudio.com and use discount code GCG at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. And so uh, like the rest of the world, we've been uh, locked in our in our homes. I am starting to get cabin fever. At first, you know, when they were like, stay home. And like the, the, the latchkey kid in me was just like, ooh, I can stay at home. I've been Woo-hoo. training for this my whole life. I've been tra- <laughs> exactly. I've been training for this my whole life. You know, the first week was like, yeah, I got this. And now I, I will be really honest with you. I am trying to find, I'm like, ooh, cleaning, yay. <laughs> let's do, let's, let's do some cleaning. Let's, Keith, let's go down to the mailbox and see what's I, Literally, see what's that's what we did. We were like, ooh, let's go to the mailbox downstairs. That was exciting. That was our adventure for the day. So yeah, I am starting to get cabin fever. So like a lot of people, we've been uh, doing some, uh, some binge watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we uh, we watched uh, something you chose, which, yeah. uh, wh- what was that called? The Vision of Eskimo Flones? The Vision of Escaflone. It is a 90s anime, which um, I think it had everything. Um, it had, you know, adventure. It had dragons. It had mechas. It had, you know, romance. A mecha dragon. A mecha dragon. I was like, this this series has everything. If you if you're not familiar with the Vision of Escaflone series, definitely check it out. I I absolutely adore it. I even have like the um, movie as well, which well, I didn't I didn't find it as good as the series, but whatever. Uh, so it's an anime movie. The, yeah, it's an anime movie. Is it just like a, a truncated version of the of the? Uh, no, they or? actually shake shake things up a bit, so it's a little different. Oh well, so. we. we... We got time. We might as well watch yeah, that, Yeah, so too. anyway, we, we did watch The Vision of Escaflone. It was the first time for you. Your thoughts? Well, I may, uh, I may joke, but uh, I, I thought it was just fine. You know, I, I really like series that have a, you know, that, that are actually going for, that have a set story that they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, that are more serialized. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I hadn't seen it before, but I really liked the uh, the Last Airbender when we watched it. Uh, uh-huh. You know, several months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the same thing where it was you know a sort of self contained story that they were trying to tell, rather than seeming like they're just making it up as they go along and trying to you know mm-hmm. constantly top themselves. Uh, so I, I, I did really like it. There were some uh, some things that uh, I was a little mm-hmm. little iffy on. Like, yeah, I think one of my favorite uh, Keith Conrad moments when we were watching it is like when the the uh, the love triangle subplot really started kicking in, and you were like, "What is the problem? Everybody can have everybody." Yeah, the I was prince, like d- subdividing them you, up. I'm like, you were subdividing there, the couples. You're like, okay, those two can be together. Those two can be together. And this guy over here, he can have the cat girl. What's yeah. the problem? <laughs> What's all the fighting about? Uh, also, I have no idea what uh, Sir Isaac Newton or whoever the heck the bad guy it was, was supposed Isaac to be. Newton. I have no idea what he was trying to do. And, and he was ba- trying to create on... a utopia, basically, with like you know the uh, power of the Atlantis. You can make all of your wishes come true, and 
because this is when Keith actually checked out a little bit toward the very end. Um, he was just like, why is everybody still fighting? He got the, he got the power from the Atlantis machine and he's just like, everybody's wishes are coming true and we should have a utopia right now. Why is everybody still fighting? And, and yet they yeah. were still fighting. And then, uh, the very end, uh, uh left me, uh, somewhat confused because yeah. basically the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the girl, I'm trying to blank on her name. Hitomi. Hitomi, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically says, I, I want to stay here forever. This, is, this place is amazing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the and, prince yeah. guy says, oh, you can. There's no reason you can't stay here forever. And then she's basically like, okay, bye. Yeah. And then she goes back to her own world. So I, that I <laughs> completely don't understand. I yeah. thought... All along, that it was going to turn out uh, that it was a dream, and I, based on the way that worked, I, I in in my head canon, it uh-huh. was a dream. Oh, um, well, it, it wasn't. Um, but uh, the thing that got a lot of us fans kind of miffed at the ending is just like you know, Vaughn and Hitomi, they finally realize that they love each other, and we never got at least a kiss goodbye. It was nothing. No, they, was they realized like, they loved each other and then... Goodbye. Goodbye for no reason. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Vision of Escaflone, what would you say to the gentlemen out there listening? Would you listen? Would you not or not watch it or watch it? Well, yay yeah, or nay? I'd say go ahead and watch it. It's entertaining. Mm. I mean, it has some fighting robots. I mean, uh, it or, has, or battle armor. Anyway. It has fighting robots with really strange names. Yeah. Shigerazad. Um, uh, what, what are Escaflone. they called? Guy Mellifs? What, Guy what Mellifs, yeah. What is, what is that? Listen, they're on another planet called Gaia. Everything can't be like, you know, our words, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but why does it have to be that word? That's just... I don't know. I don't know. Let, let them have their imagination, okay? It's okay. like when I, I was talking on uh, uh, the uh, uh, Time Enough at Last, the mm-hmm. new Twilight Zone podcast that I'm doing mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Majors. We're talking about how nice uh, 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 Rod Serling isn't that great at coming up with names. Uh-huh. Like for all the good stuff he did writing-wise, when he comes up with names, they tend to be kind of dumb. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, same same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, overall, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I would uh, I would recommend checking it out. Okay, sweet. And in addition hey, yeah. to that, uh, uh, it was sort of a trade-off, like. Mm-hmm. I agreed to uh, to watch uh, the Vision of Escaflone in exchange for you watching Star Trek Discovery. Yes, and we did watch that, and we finished the series as it is so far. Yes, and I mean that was only actually I think both series were only about like twenty five episodes. Yeah. Total. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. a it wasn't a big commitment on either of our parts no. to to burn through all of them. You know, it's like. 50 ep- actually come to think of it that mm-hmm. that's yeah it, it, i i don't think that's something we could have done had we not been uh quarantined yeah yeah we that's probably we probably wouldn't have had quite so much time but uh, your yeah. thoughts on star trek discovery i think overall it is it's a good series um i have a couple of little nitpicks but here's the thing they're they're very small um so i'm going to start with the uh the things i liked about it I thought the series is just visually stunning. 
I mean, the cinematography is like movie quality. Yeah, like uh, Picard. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just a beautiful series to watch, just visually speaking. Like, um, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Star Trek Discovery, um, there's a, a moment when um, uh, uh, Michael uh, Burnham, she is uh, the adopted sister of Spock. She goes into a black hole. And it's just, like I said, it's just visually just gorgeous, you know, visually. Yeah. Um, and the story is, you know, is like through the first season and the second season, again, it's like you said, it's like they're going somewhere. They're like, everything is kind of interconnected. Even like the little shorts that you showed me um, kind of go into like the final uh, episode of the second season. Um, so everything is kind of interwoven and interconnected. And so it has like a very an overarching plot, which is ver- done very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are the pluses. Okay, here the negatives that I had was is what I told you after we finished watching it. I said if the character of Michael Burnham was in less capable hands, even slightly less capable, it could have come off as a badly written fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And if anybody out there reads any sort of fan fiction, you'll understand like a couple of tropes that usually come out of, uh, particularly with female fan characters. And they're usually um, a family member of a main character, like a sister, little sister or what have you. Foster sister of Spock. Foster sister of Spock. Or like their parents are killed, they're orphaned, which is what happened to Michael. Bo- both at the same time. Both at the same yeah. time. Um and like she's she's very smart, she's very capable. Um, like she's almost she could have been written where she's almost too perfect, but they did give her, you know, um, some character flaws. However, one of those character flaws is also a trope where it's just almost like a martyrdom complex, mm-hmm. where it's like everything is my fault. I have to fix everything. Almost too much of the plot kind of hinged on just her personally. But again, it's written in such a way where it's not horrible. Like, it makes sense as to why that is. Because, you know, again, spoiler alert, she goes back in time. And she's the one kind of causing all these things that eventually throw down, essentially. Um, So, again, like I said, it's... um, my favorite character, though, that came out of that thing was the evil... Um, Giorgio. Giorgio. Yeah. Philippa Giorgio. I love her. I stan her. She is my queen. So, so the good Giorgio from the, <laughs> yeah. from the first two episodes. Take listen, her listen. Her. I'm a fan of Michelle Yeoh. Love her to death. The good Giorgio. Love. Okay. Evil Giorgio. I'm here for. That is my queen. Nothing, res- nothing but respect for her. Um... Well, she did unexpectedly. She mm-hmm. will be showing up in the third season because yes. she did go with them. So mm-hmm. Yes. So all of that to say, again, if you had some reservations about, you know, Star Trek Discovery, because I know that there were like, um, I remember when Star Trek Discovery first came out, there were like a lot of, of course, social media just is so, social media has got a social media, as they say. People had to like bash it and stuff like that. Um, I, I would I would watch it. I mean, like I said, if it was in less capable hands, it would probably would have ended up 
being kind of bad. Um, but thankfully, it's written very well. The characters, even the character like uh, of Michael Burnham. Well, mm-hmm. that was another thing that kind of like is a trope where it's like, you know, she sacrifices herself. And then like, oh, the reason why we don't talk about, you don't know about Michael Burnham in past incarnations of the series with anything having to do with Spock is because the family decided never to speak her name in public to protect her, which is a bit overkill. Yeah, if, which they did it word for word at the end. Yeah, which is kind of like, uh, okay, whatever. Um, but that, again, like I said, it it was and written I, well enough that it's not jarring, though. So. And the funny thing is, like, I, I think that was them overthinking it just a little bit, like mm-hmm. that that element of the story, because, mm-hmm. um, like... If Michael is in Spock's life up to that point, yeah, and then isn't anymore, mm-hmm. uh, I could see him not bringing her up. Yeah, so I could see her not being a factor, not mm-hmm. not having come up before. Like that just seems natural to me. Yeah, um, and I could also see uh, Starfleet saying, um, you know, basically at, at the at the end of the you know the second season mm-hmm. finale. They're basically doing like a sort of like investigation of what happened to the discovery yeah. and all of the all of the enterprise people mm-hmm. sort of like get together and say, OK, we're going to say discovery exploded instead of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I could see that it was the the added thing of like Spock saying, no, no one can ever speak of her ever again. I, that was a little bit much. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, it just seemed like a little overkill. And it was just that kind of, like I said, again, the uh, fan character trope where, you know, the reason you haven't heard of this particular character in canon before is because, you know, after their self-sacrifice, never again will they speak her name. It's like, okay. Okay. But anyway, again, these are very, what I feel are small criticisms because again it the writers do such a good job where it's that stuff like even though it's in the back of your mind it doesn't it's not jarring the story's good enough that it kind of overcomes that again visually it's a stunning series Mm -hmm. so i even if you're not don't care for star trek or what have you i would watch the series if you're into cinematography so so I don't think I ever mentioned this like before or after you know we were watching this, but that series uh, is supposed to exist in the original timeline. Mm-hmm. So not like the J.J. Abrams alternate timeline. It's supposed to be the original one. Ah. Um, Which is why they have Captain Pike with his little beep beep. Right. And, and I, uh, you were not aware of who Captain Pike was, so I had to explain it, and I... Mm-hmm. I I think I did it incredibly poorly, but well, uh, no, it was fine. Um, what did you think of Anson Mount as uh, Captain Pike? Um, I think you know he's good. But he, here's my question, though. So, as you said, we're going to have a, a spinoff series again. Spoiler alert um, for uh, Section Thirty One. Well, that's that's what the plan was uh, at the time. Prior like they, to the Rona, yeah. Not not even prior to the Rona, because what happened was you had, at, at the time dis- of Discovery's first season, mm-hmm. 
everybody really likes Michelle Yeoh's character, and especially mm-hmm. Evil George L. Heck yeah, nothing but respect for my S- queen. So they announced at the end of the first season that she was going to get her own Section 31 spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, specifically. But then when they got into writing... Uh, so that was the second mm-hmm. Star Trek series that was announced before Picard even was. Yeah. They announced that they were going to do Which I think is interesting. So series. basically you have a black ops version of Star Trek. So yeah. anyway, continue. So then, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, apparently when they got in the writer's room, mm-hmm. uh, they decided that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, at the end, Discovery was going to get sent 900 years in the future. And... Ultimately, when they wrote that, Michelle Yeoh's character went with them. Mm-hmm. So she can't be in the Section 31 series. So I'm not sure if that one's actually still going to happen or if it's going to happen with uh, Ash Tyler, who didn't go with them, or what, because there hasn't been any update on that since. Mm-hmm. But the thing that everybody was uh, uh, calling for was a Pike Spock Enterprise See, and that's what I was spin-off. going to ask and you. Is, the, is there going to be a Pike Spock series well, spinoff? Yeah, uh, Anson Mount, uh, Ethan Peck, who plays Spock, mm-hmm. and Rebecca Romaine have all said, absolutely, we want to we wanna do this. Uh, I think there's there, there clearly has to be a money issue because the writers have said, oh, yeah, we'd love to do that. The actors have said, oh, yeah, we'd love to do that, but they haven't announced anything yet. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if maybe instead of having a, um, a a series, like they would just do like a couple movies or mm-hmm. like a couple like mini series sort of thing, like mm-hmm. two or three episode episodes at a time, mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, I really liked all three of them, like as as mm-hmm. those characters. Yeah. And uh, Ethan Peck, by the way, uh, Gregory Peck's grandson. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to, so they haven't announced anything yet, but Jonathan Frakes actually was uh, at, was doing some sort of uh, live mm-hmm. chat thing just uh, a day or two ago, and he sort of let slip that oh yeah, there's like two other series in the works right now. In addition to the plot thickens, ladies in addition and to gentlemen, the stuff we we already know. Yeah. So they they're they're all in on this because uh, now. Uh, uh, CBS All Access is is billing it as the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. So there's... Oh, you know, like the MCU, but yeah, for it, Trekkies. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that was always a thing where um, the rights were owned by different organizations, you know, Paramount for the movies, and uh, CBS still had the uh, the series. So, like, you couldn't have a, a real MCU the way that Marvel does. And that's one of the reasons why J.J. Abrams left. Yeah. to go do Star Wars is because they could do stuff like that and Star Trek couldn't. Mm-hmm. So now they've sort of gone all in and said, well, you know, the movies, they haven't they haven't really really blown anybody's skirt up, so why don't we just go all in on TV? And that seems mm-hmm. to be what they're doing. I'm here for it. I'm One thing it. Uh, you should definitely be here for is uh, all of the other podcasts on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Ah, yeah. You've, you've got uh, Minutia Men. You've got uh, caffeinated comics. Caffeinated comics. Uh, Ready, set, vent is is back. Ooh, nice. Uh, Destination, eat and drink. The winemakers. The bite goes on. Wine women. You know, I'm 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 noticing there's a lot of alcohol involved. Listen, listen. These are hard times, Keith. Don't judge. Uh, don't judge, but 
definitely uh, check out the other podcasts on the Radio Misfits podcast network. And speaking of not missing things, definitely check us out on the Twitter at Geek Counter Geek, or you can find me or Keith directly at Keith R. Conrad or at Misty A. Callahan. Neither of us could get our, our names. We had to add the middle initials. So as we've been uh, going through the, uh, the the quarantine lockdown, mm-hmm. yep, 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 um, we, we've both been uh, been slowly making progress on our on our projects. I think yes. uh, the next step for my great American novel is to get a a, a cover Ooh, done. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if that's actually if that can happen right now or if it's got to wait until the world starts back up again. But that's the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, in the interim, I, I've started working on another novel idea that I had uh, simmering Sweet. for a long time. And uh, I've gotten like probably about three-fourths of it outlined. Nice. So we're, we're, we're getting there. And, of course, mm-hmm. you did, you've, you made a little bit more progress today on your, yeah. your comic book. Yeah, so uh, I don't remember what I was doing the last time I was talking about this, but I did finish um, a height comparison chart for a few of my characters. I need to finish it up because there's so many. Um, And then I did a few other drawing-related things, and I can't remember what that was. But for fun, I did find this thing. If you go on Pinterest or whatever, you can look up the hashtag uh, draw the squad, which it gives you cues that you can kind of replicate with your characters or what have you. And mm-hmm. so I did one of those of with uh, my squad in the indie comic that I did. Um, I also started scripting um, for the 12-page comic that I got to write and then uh, actually draw. And also today I um, started putting down in one place a bullet points or cliff notes of the story. Mm-hmm. And I have part one down because it's massive. I think it's going to be like three books, three volumes, what have you. Um, it's going to be long, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's um, better to have a lot. Yeah. A lot of a lot of material there to, to work with yeah. as opposed to like getting halfway through drawing it and running out of, you know. Very true. Halfway through, you know, mm-hmm. your 100-page comic and suddenly, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's all the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so I sent the cliff notes of part one to you, a couple of my buddies, um, one who is also a writer and another one who's an artist, and then another buddy of mine who has a nephew who's actually in the comic book industry. And he's helping me design logos and stuff like that. And so far, and it's not just you, because I didn't, no no offense, honey, I love you. You know, I'm going to marry you next month. Maybe. Maybe. If the Rona. Yeah. Actually, it's not whether or not we get married, but it it may just be like us and and an officiant. Yeah. In in our living room. Um, (laughs) um, But, you know, I kind of feel that you might be biased a little bit. You know, it's probably going to be a little tough for me to be critical. Yeah. So I, I kind of got second and third and fourth opinions and the resounding feedback has been that it's very ambitious but also good, and they want to see it. And so 
Yeah, so that, that's the thing. <laughs> I gotta start getting that done. I'm gonna. I'm working for a winter 2020 release as of like I'm gonna start actually churning out pages of the meat store, like my magnum opus is what that is by this winter. So um, again, my one of the buddies that I sent the cliff notes to, he's been helping me design logos. So I have now, uh, he also, he helped me design the logo for Regeneratorum in mm-hmm. of itself. Um, and if you're interested, you can follow it at Regeneratorum on Instagram, on Twitter, and I think I even have a book face. If not, I'll get that done. Um, anyway, um, he also helped me do a logo for um, Takamura Technologies, which is uh, one of the characters in the comic because he has a pharmaceutical and um, he does R&D for pharmaceuticals and R&D for um, weapons as well. So so we have like a logo. He does for it that. all. He does it all. He's a renaissance man. Um, and I, he designed the headquarters as well. So I have the building, the above ground HQ, because my guy Takamura does have an underwater HQ as well, but I have the above ground one and, uh, yeah, so things are rocking and rolling. It's a lot. Don't let anybody ever tell you that making comics was easy because it's not, it's not. So yeah, look forward to it in, uh, winter 2020. Winter 2020, and at, at some point uh, when society is uh, mm-hmm. is actually operating again, we'll probably have news about uh, a release date for my novel. Woohoo! So look out for that too. Catch you on flip side. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.